born in North Carolina, based in Bellingham, Washington. Broadcast on WHUPLP, this is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight, This is Dirty White Belt Radio, stories about jiu-jitsu life and culture. It's a milestone weekend for jiu-jitsu in North Carolina. It's Toro Cup 10. The biggest super fight series in the Old North State attracts great competitors from everywhere all around the region and raises thousands of dollars for charity, including Camp Royal, a camp for autistic kids that was this weekend's beneficiary. The proceeds for this event mean Toro Cups have raised more than $17,500 for worthy causes. And I'll talk to you a little bit later in the show about what the event means to me personally. This is also the first Toro Cup I haven't been at in person, which is bittersweet for sure. As most of you know, I moved to Bellingham, Washington, and I'd planned to fly back for this event, but life got in the way. Thankfully, the mighty Lourdes Cantu was on site, recording interviews with lots of great competitors, and we're going to bring you those in this, our Best of Toro Cup 10 show. Before we get to that, I want to welcome a new sponsor, Gold BJJ. They have a lot of great products you'll start hearing ads for on the show, and you can check all of them out at goldbjj.com. Thanks to Gold BJJ for their support. I want to mention that if you want to support the show, you can get a 10% discount on all of their products by using the code DIRTYWHITEBELT10 at checkout. But there's also a way you can support the show without spending any money at all, and it's exciting personal news for me as well. Y'all, I opened a school. Well, kind of. I'm partnering with an existing school, Bellingham MMA, to run the GI program there. I've been training Nogi at the gym as well, and it's just a great situation. It's a really positive environment with great training partners, with terrific attitudes, and it's a really fun place to be, which is the key element in any great gym. So as anybody who listens to the show knows, I have a real passion for sharing jiu-jitsu, and I'm always trying to figure out ways to get better at it and to help other people get better at it too. So if you want to help me out on this new jiu-jitsu adventure, would you please follow the school on Instagram and on Facebook? It's at BJJ both places. I'll be posting lots of great content there, new blog posts, instructional videos from folks like David Porter and other friends of mine, and much more. And if you know anyone in Northwest Washington that wants to train with a random brown belt, kindly send them my way as well. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play so you don't miss anything. And if you want to get a hold of us to suggest future show topics, you can email jeff at dirtywhitebelt.com or get at us on Instagram at dirtywhitebelt or on our Facebook page, which is Cageside Radio. Hey, Betsy O'Donovan. Yes, Jeff Shaw. You know I'm a big fan of the right bag for the right purpose. I am, in fact, aware of your giant bag collection. It's true. I do have a lot of bags. But my favorite new bag is this one I got from Gold BJJ, which I've been taking to training, which I've been taking on hikes, and which I've been taking around town, even for grocery shopping. It's got features that make it perfect for all of those things, including the one thing I'm a big fan of, which is this expandable gi pouch, so that after training, when your gi is wet, you can keep it separated, and your gi stays wet and nasty while everything else in your bag stays dry and clean. (laughs) 
Another great thing about the bag is that listeners of Dirty White Belt get a discount. Just go to goldbjj.com and enter Dirty White Belt 10 at checkout. Don't forget the Gold BJJ guarantee. Every product they make, including this backpack, their geese, their soap, is guaranteed for a year. They have a no-hassle, no-questions-asked return exchange and guarantee policy. If I'm being really honest, I actually love this bag, too. So um, instead of fighting over it, I think I'm going to get another one. Well, you can get your own at goldbjj.com. Just don't forget to enter Dirty Wet Belt 10 at checkout. Thanks to Gold BJJ, and thanks to all of you for supporting the companies that support this show. For our first Toro Cup interview, Aaron Besson is an MMA fighter and a competitive purple belt. We've had Aaron on the show once before after an MMA victory, and Lourdes caught up with him after his first ever Toro Cup match, a strong performance that ended in an armbar victory against tough competitor Eric Habel. Lourdes and Aaron were actually joined mid-interview by Mary Holmes, who is one of Aaron's coaches and a fantastic competitor in her own right. They talked about their preparations for the match and the result. Here it is. Aaron, you just had a match with Eric Habel. How are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm feeling good. That was, that was a fun match. Um, <laughs> feeling pretty pretty sweaty, uh, but my preparation for that was, was really good, and I was, I was excited to I was excited about that match. Have you do you mainly compete like at the U.S. Grapplings? Because I know you do compete, and you also fight, right? So, is this your first time doing one of these big matches? Yeah, it's the first one uh, like this where I'm not getting punched in the face. So that's that's a big plus. Does that make it a little bit easier when you don't have to worry about that? Yeah, it makes it a, a little less stressful. I can I can you know I'm not I'm not worried about uh, training and then like kind of kind of looking like a like a brute um, when I'm getting groceries the next day. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it was it was much more um, or a little less stressful. And uh, so I want to talk a little bit about how you prepare for the match and what you did because since you normally are doing like fighting and you're normally and even we're coming from you you train with Mazi Hideri and Chapel Hill Grace Jiu Jitsu and that's a self defense primary focused school how was training for this event different than when you train for um one of your other like matches where you're in a cage or something uh i wouldn't i wouldn't actually say it's it's that different maybe a little less risk of injury but um i mean my my a game is my a game um and i i, I kind of try to do that in whatever context i'm i mean so i have uh mozzie who's a phenomenal resource and tim who's a phenomenal resource and mary who, who's a phenomenal resource and and really any question that i have to improve whatever it is I'm working on, I have access to. Mm-hmm. So, Mary, what was it like preparing um, Aaron? How did you, like, was it different from regular training? Did you do a training camp? I know that you helped do a lot of the training camps over at Chapel Hill Gracie when people are getting ready for PANS or even Worlds. And um, I, I know I've been to one of the, to some of those camps, and we, you have people from all over the Triangle coming. Did you do something like that for Aaron, or was it specific? What, what was it like for him? No, because Aaron, um, for the most part, has a really, like, solid game, and it was pretty informal, like, for what I did with Aaron, so we'd get together at 6 a.m. on certain days and um, roll and do a lot of positional rolling, work on specific stuff, and just kind of developing, um, like, like continuing to improve the things he's already good at and like if there was anything that we were, I was like hey I think that you should work on this for this match and he did and the thing is that it wasn't fun because Aaron just beats me up more now <laughs> than he did before so but what and, and the thing is is that 
I don't want to ever take away from how awesome Eric Cable is. Like, yeah. Eric is amazing. He's a really good person as yeah. well as a great Jujitero. And, like, so at the end of the day, I really was kind of sad that Eric's match was with Eric because I really like Eric. Yeah. But um, I think it was a fun match of styles and, and good to see. You know, I was really just impressed with how Aaron kind of kept even when Eric was doing such a good job, like, pummeling back in for inside space, that Aaron kind of kept going forward. I was nervous a couple times. I was like, don't you let, like, go of that foot, you know? So I was scared that Aaron, Eric would be able to pull his leg back in. But um, Aaron did a great job, and most of it is just his determination and his hard work. I'm just lucky to be a part of the team. That's, that's, fl- and that's flattering, but, I, I mean, I think that says a little bit more about the jiu-jitsu community in, in general, that, you know, you could really like someone and, and still... Uh, do something like this and not not have to have any kind of um, uh, like souped up aggression. Yeah, and and, and I, I really like that and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like that's been a theme in other interviews after like during Toro Cup matches or after Toro Cup matches. Everybody's like, well, no, we're great friends yeah. and we just go out there and put on a show and we come together and and the Jujitsu community in the Triangle area, I feel like, is a very special one because we can come together, we can have these great matches. When I saw that you were competing, I was like so excited. I was like, yay, Aaron! And then I saw who you were competing against, and I was like, oh man, like this is going to be rough, and it's really hard to like you know like to to cheer for one and not cheer for the other because yeah. you're both great people. Yeah. And so um so yeah, so but I, I'm I'm glad you came out with the win and I think you did you did amazing and yeah, well thanks so much and we'll hope to see you at these things at, at another Toro Cup sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you. US grappling comes back to Richmond on July 28th. Richmond is always one of my favorite places to visit and to compete. Tons of great gyms there. Seth Smith's upstream BJJ, Richmond BJJ with Eric Burdo and Liz Susson, and of course Revolution BJJ featuring such luminaries as Andrew Smith, Daniel Charles Frank, Trey Martin, Jarrett Church, many, many others. All of those folks are likely to be on the scene July 28th when U.S. Grappling returns to Richmond. Plus, all your friends from the DMV usually come down as well as everybody from the Triangle, from Wilmington, really tough grapplers from North Carolina. It's a great spot to train with and compete against people that you don't always get the chance. So come out and have the best tournament experience around at usgrappling.com. Register early to save some money and to make the tournament run smoother. Hopefully we'll see you there. I will always watch an Evan Arredondo match. He's one of my favorite local guys to watch. Always exciting, always on the attack. And another one of my favorite guys to watch lately is Beta Academy's Gannon Lang. These two went up against each other in a memorable athletic contest, and Lourdes caught up with Evan Arredondo after he was able to secure the win by armbar. Hey, Evan. Hey, what's up, Lourdes? How are you? That match was really intense. There was a lot of movement. So, okay, we're at Toro Cup 9. Remember Toro Cup 10? Let me tell you where we're at. Yes. We're at Toro Cup 10. Mm-hmm. You just had a match against... Uh, Gannon Lang from Beta Academy. This was a really dynamic match. Like, it just started off with fire. Like, you guys were just going immediately. Yeah. Uh, I knew he wanted to pull guard. And uh, I know he's got, like, a tricky lasso game. And he likes to, he likes to play this... Uh, um, this Anubis guard that he calls, uh, where it's like a variation of like lapel guard and X guard. Uh, so I didn't want him to get underneath me. So I figured I'd pull and see what he's got from top. Uh, he almost passed my guard a couple times, but I was able to uh, recover. And uh, once I felt pretty confident after a couple of attempts of him trying to pass, uh, I knew I could uh, take the match over. And I was able to like start picking up the pace. And uh, got a couple sweeps to side control. Um, from side control, went to mount, and then finished with the armbar uh, and mount. So it was it was 
incredibly intense in the beginning. Like, honestly, you're talking about the, these transitions of like, oh, and then we were playing guard. But, but from the sidelines, it just looked kind of like very, like it was a big scramble. And yeah, there, was just yeah. a, there was just a lot of movement and a lot of things were happening and it, and it didn't, it was really almost hard to follow because as soon as I felt like you were in a position, it was like there was always, uh, there was already a transition. There's nobody was really settling. Yeah, for yeah. A long time. Yeah, nobody could really settle. Um, he was really quick to pass, which actually took me by surprise because, uh, I was watching his uh, his match on uh, Flow Grappling uh, at Worlds uh, two weeks ago, and uh, you know, from what I saw in his match, uh, he he was on he would be on he'd get on top he'd sweep get on top and then he he would take his time for passing. So I thought like, well, if I pull guard, I can just like hang out and relax. Uh, he'll take his time and I can set something up and get something going. But no, he actually uh, as soon as I like sat down, he went to pass right away, uh, which is fine. I mean. I'm okay scrambling. I love the scramble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, it's just my style. It's just scrambling style. So it wasn't even an issue for me. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, every time he attempted to do something or I'd attempt to do something, yeah, it was a scramble. We, we ended up back into a neutral position, and then we'd go at it again. Uh, you know, one thing I, I remember doing was, uh, you know, off my passing, I would, I would go left and right, passing left and right, and then when I felt him overcommit for like you know to reach for like a lapel or to sit up, then that's when I dropped down and went for like a single under stack pass and then got to side control. Yeah, that was a very nice stack pass. Um, I was sitting near your uh, your coach and he was telling you to do a lot of pressure. So the, the, there was a definite change in pace in your game because you went from you both went from the scramble. You both seemed really comfortable with the scramble, and then as soon as you started to do the stack pass, as soon as you got that double under and you started to go over for that stack then everything seemed to kind of slow down and calm down. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my top game is definitely uh, my best asset. Uh, I love the top. Uh, and I feel like, you know, once I get into side control, I can hold anybody down um, or transition to the back, find my way to the back. That's usually my game. You know, get to get to side control and find a way to get to the back or take mount if they don't uh, give and me the back. that was a beautiful mount. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Thank really you. really smooth. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, there, were, there was a couple close calls. Uh, he, like went to like bridge like bump me and roll me and uh, i almost lost my positioning but i was able to settle back down uh with some uh, proper gripping and uh and then yeah i got the finish from there well evan you have definitely become i think a toro cup favorite because everybody you always put on a really good show and we're all really excited when we see your name on on the on the roster so thank you so much for talking to me today and um we hope to see you again soon um what's your next where are we going to see you again Tournament coming up? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking about doing Las Vegas uh, in August, which is going to be, uh, I think, the same time around um, Masters, Masters Worlds yeah. is going on. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be fun. You know, I'm going to train hard for the rest of the summer and uh, end the year with uh, the Las Vegas tournament, uh, have some fun after the tournament, and then I'm going to take a, a little bit of a break, uh, like maybe like two, three months or so of, of a break, just to like, you know, let my body recover, uh, have a little bit of fun, eat, and... Uh, and then get my mind ready for the next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today, and um, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. It's not a huge secret that I'm somebody that loves a cool gi, and let me tell you, Toro BJJ has really outdone themselves this time. They collaborated with Deus Fight Company to produce a gi that not only looks sick, it benefits Dewan Owens' Fighting for Uganda project. 
Fighting for Uganda is a nonprofit that teaches self-defense, MMA workshops, and also fights gender-based violence in Africa. You can listen to a couple of interviews with Dewan on this show talking about this very project, and you'll see why it's such a worthy cause. And when you see this gi, which you can see by going to our Facebook page, you will be impressed and you will want one. I guarantee it. Mine is in the mail. I think I was the first person to order. If you want to be one of the first people to order, or at least you don't want to miss out on this limited edition gi, you can email Janine Cohn at Janine, J-A-N-I-N-E, at deusfight.com, that's D-E-U-S fight.com, to get your Fighting for Uganda gi. You'll be glad you did. Christina Little Bit Lynn is an accomplished competitor already at 13 years old. There's a good reason that she won our Young Jiu-Jitsu Competitor of the Year last year in the Dirty White Belt Awards. And in fact, several matchmakers that I've talked to say it's tough to find people to compete against her. But Tara Hebert wasn't. And these two young women put out an outstanding match, and Lourdes caught up with each of them afterward. Here's an interview with Christina Littlebit-Lynn, followed by her competitor, Tara Hebert. Christina, so how old are you and how long have you been training? I'm 13 and I've been training for about seven years. Seven years already. Um, so what got you started in jiu-jitsu? My dad was a competitive powerlifter, and I've always wanted to mess with weights, and he didn't want me messing with weights at a young age. So there was a gym by our house, and I just started training. But do, does your dad do jiu-jitsu too, or you just thought, and were like, I want to do this? My dad's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. And so you've been training for seven years, and what school do you train at? I train at Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu, Rivera Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, and who's your professor? Uh, Scott Oates and uh, Will Lusheen. Okay, and um, so tell me, I, I, I follow you online. Which do you have an Instagram? Yes, Christina Lovitlin. And um, so I've been following you online, and I see that you compete quite often, not just in jujitsu, but also in wrestling. Um, tell me about the difference of the two. Which one do you like? Do you have a favorite, or what's the dif- How do you feel about them? I just started wrestling about four months ago, and I think I like wrestling a little bit more because it's more aggressive and it's more challenging because I don't really know that much. Mm-hmm. So you're you're like a white belt all over again. Yeah. And how has um, how has your wrestling career been going? Uh, really good. I, I just started, and I'm trying out for a couple different teams. I've already been asked to get on Team Ohio and the Virginia team wrestling so is it like a are these like state are these are club teams or these um like 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 a state team and the national team state teams what is it like as uh, as a girl competing in wrestling are there a lot of girls that you get to compete with um there is a lot of girls in wrestling a good amount and it's growing as a sport which is really cool because that way i'm not the only girl so so um are you in middle school now I'm actually in ninth grade. I'm homeschooled, though, so. Okay. Okay, so then so you're, you don't compete on, like, your school team or anything. Um, and so what does your schedule look like? Do you compete more in jiu-jitsu right now? Um, I'm starting to compete more in wrestling, actually. I, um, jiu-jitsu, I'm going to be mainly doing, like, IBJJF tournaments and super fights and stuff like that. Okay. What's your next IBJJF tournament? Probably kids' pants in February. Okay, so next you're talking about next year in yeah. February you'll be doing kids' pants, and you're at 13. You're already a green belt. That's that's pretty accomplished. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, let's talk about your match today because you had an amazing match. Actually, I, how did you prepare for the match, or what did did you had you ever competed against her before? 
I've never competed against her before, but I've been um, training hard in both jiu-jitsu and wrestling. I, w I had a game plan set, so. Who helps you with your game plan? Do you have, um, is it your coach or do you have teammates that help drill and work with you? I have a lot of great teammates that drill with me, but Will Lucien is the, the man mm -hmm. who helped me. Okay. And so what was your game plan coming into this match? My game plan was to pull guard, get on, uh, like sweep if I could. I knew she would be a very strong opponent because she's bigger than me by like 20 pounds, I think. So I was expecting her to be able to hold me. So so your plan was to pull guard, but it looked like you were spending a lot of time passing. Yeah, I. Uh, sometimes it doesn't go as planned, but yeah. Um, your uh, your your final pass when you you come up and you kind of like did the like the jump. Yeah. I can't really say it was a jump because she was already on the bottom, but you did kind of like that knee yeah. jump over to the to the armbar. Is that something you'd been drilling before? Or is that just like I'm just Geronimo going for it? I I do that a lot when I'm training, and I, I've been working on it a lot because I know it comes in handy when I'm going with stronger opponents. That way. If it doesn't go as planned, I can take her back or I, she's caught off guard. So thank you so much for talking to me today. And, and thank you for coming to Toro Cup and competing. I really hope I get a chance to watch you again live. But even if I don't, I will definitely be watching you. Um, uh, at, uh, I'll keep my eye out for, at PANS and also for any of your other super fights. Thank you so much. Thank you. Born in North Carolina, based in Bellingham, Washington. Broadcast on WHUPLP. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. So, Tara, we just finished watching your match at Toro Cup 10, um, and you competed against Christina a little bit, Lynn, and um, that was probably one of the more exciting matches that I've seen today. So what did you think about the match? How do you feel? Uh, I think I think it was pretty good. Just I, need, I feel like that after every loss that I go through, that I need to go back, look over what we did, and learn more about it so that it never happens again. Right. But we're always trying to improve, yeah. right? Um, how long have you been training? Seven years. And how old are you? I'm 12. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so you've been training for seven years. You're 12 years old. How did you get started in jiu-jitsu? Uh, I started off at a gym called Evolution by the, be by the beach. I can't remember which one it was. But after some problems there we went to a gym called elite brazilian jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. in wilmington on market street on market street and i met professor john george and my it just my jiu-jitsu skyrocketed so how long have you been with professor john george uh six years the the month that it opened oh wow so you you've been there ever since it yeah. started so what's you know what's really amazing is um, we're seeing kids start really young in jujitsu and like and we're seeing the sport just kind of grow like some of the things you guys are doing that you and Christina were doing are just we're just so technical and so athletic and so phenomenal you guys put on a really you did you had a really good match and so Aiden you starting it too and already training for seven years you've been training longer than I have there the problem is there's not many people my size at my gym. So I have to work in with the adults, so I'm used to training with the adults, mm -hmm. from purple belt to black. Right. So do you guys, is there a big kids program, or most of the kids in your program are, like, smaller? Uh, the age range is from 4 to about 15. Okay. The oldest person we have there is 15. Okay. Um, there's a lot of kids there sometimes. Promotion ceremonies, there'll be 40, 50 kids on the one mat. 
Okay, so do you other kids are do other kids compete as much as you do, or are you one of the main competitors there? Uh, I'd say we're the main competitors, but there are some highly competitive people there, yeah, and some highly good girls. There's oh, so you have a lot of good training partners. Yes. yes. Um, what are some of the tournaments that you're planning to do this year? Where are we going to see you again? Um, if I get a chance, I'll do Toro again. Uh, going to do Naga in or August. August 18th mm-hmm. and in Myrtle Beach, yeah. Okay. So you do have some things planned. Are you doing any more? Are, do you do any of the IBJJFs? Yes, I'd love to, but all of them are out of our the area traveling area. Okay. Yeah, because I think that there's one coming up in, like, in, in like they're, like, in Las Vegas, Vegas or yeah. California. They're kind of far from here. Yeah. So that's understandable. I was going to go to the California a while ago, but now I'm going to a... Or a um, seminar in Pennsylvania with like Karen Antunes and Emily Kwok and oh so. that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. who are some of your jiu-jitsu heroes uh, I'd say Karen Antunes uh, Professor Miriam Kadosa mm-hmm. um, Professor John George definitely he's the highlight um, what's his name Professor Brian the my coach or my professor that was here today mm-hmm Coach Josh, he had to move recently, mm-hmm. but he's still in close contact with us. So tell me about, t- let's talk about today. What was your plan? Did you have a game plan for coming into this match? Yeah, kind of. Um, I was just going to take whatever I was given, but I recently found a new trick. It's mm-hmm. super sneaky that my professor Miriam taught, mm-hmm. and I tried it out, but she just held on. I did it my last competition, Naga, in July or June 16th mm-hmm. and I won with that okay so, so you had an idea of what you yeah. were going to do and, and it just, then, just didn't work out yeah so now back to the drawing board I guess um not really I got a handful of things that I've never used before that I've never had a chance to because all the uh all the math didn't add up for the competition yeah like triangles and other cool stuff yeah do you play any other sports I before before everything before jujitsu I tried gymnastics soccer and and dancing yeah it just didn't work you just you did, did not your, work your yeah hey Jeff Shaw yeah Betsy Donovan uh, you may have noticed that we are a married couple. I have noticed. It's a scientific fact. We are married. <laughs> and as a married couple, uh, we share a shower, and so I have a confession to make to you. And what's your confession? Um, normally, I like my girly, uh, unscented products, but lately I have been using the submission soap that you got from Gold BJJ. I don't blame you. I love that soap. I love the smell of the tea tree oil it has. I love the fact that it's all natural ingredients. I love that it's made right here in the USA out of stuff like tea tree oil, hemp oil, eucalyptus oil and other ingredients that I can actually understand. Uh, yes, and I think that antifungal thing is especially important for married people because it keeps that mat funk away. Nobody wants the mat funk. I just want a soap <laughs> that's going to keep me on the mat and keep me clean and keep my wife happy. <laughs> it's true. I am also, I gotta say, pretty fond of the gold BJJ guarantee. Every product they make, including soap, is guaranteed for a year. They are hassle-free, no questions asked, and they will exchange whatever you send back. Plus, listeners of this show get a discount. If you go to goldbjj.com and enter dirty white belt 10 at checkout or go to the link we're going to put in the comments of this show you can get a discount just for listening so thanks to gold bjj for supporting the show and please all of our friends and listeners support the folks who support us
I want to talk a little bit about what Toro Cup means to me personally. One of the things I love most about Toro Cup is the community it creates. And that was always the idea. The idea was to have a community grappling showcase where folks could show up, raise some money for charity, and put on great matches. And that's what's happened. So you can have people like Samantha Seth and Amber Agee having a fierce match against each other. And then a few minutes later, they're talking to their friends, including Lourdes, including Black Belt Caitlin Huggins, and including Chrissy Lindsay from U.S. Grappling, sharing some knowledge and memories together. Thankfully, Lourdes rolled tape on what turned into a great conversation about how much has changed in jiu-jitsu over the years, about women in jiu-jitsu, and about the role both U.S. Grappling and Toro Cup have played in bringing people together. If there's any 15-minute episode that demonstrates to me what Toro Cup is all about, it's this 15-minute conversation that follows. Check it out. Lourdes with Dirty White Boat Radio, and I'm speaking with, I'm going to let you guys all introduce yourselves. Uh, Samantha Seth. Chrissy Lindsay. Amber Ag, Caitlin Huggins. Yeah, I have this like awesome power group here. So um, we just watched Sam Seth and Amber Ag have a Toro Cup match today. And one of the things we were talking about is it's kind of interesting that you guys had a Toro Cup match because you guys are friends and we're actually we're kind of all friends and so this is this was one of those times when people know each other closely and kind of came together to do a Toro Cup match for a, a really good cause. How did you guys meet? Uh, it was almost five years ago. We had both been training for like two months or something like no stripe white belts and it was actually through Chrissy with U.S. Grappling and we were our first matches I think ever. Yep it was. <laughs> So how long ago was that? Uh, almost five, five years, years ago. ago. So five, and actually, I met you at a U.S. Grappling it was, match as well. Blue belts. Were we blue belts? Think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. First one is blue belts. So the first one is white belts. First one is blue belts. So we all kind of met through U.S. Grappling, and then I met Caitlin at a women's open mat. Yep. And then Caitlin actually helps out when when U.S. Grappling as well, but. You seem to be kind of a common denominator here I met you in U.S. All grappling. At U.S. Grappling. <laughs> so how did you start U.S. Grappling? How long ago um, was you did U.S. Grappling? The, well, we started running tournaments in 2006. Our first official as U.S. Grappling was in 2007. Um, and honestly, this is my favorite part, like seeing people that met through U.S. Grappling. It's, it's the best part to me, like watching you guys compete today. I'm like. I remember when they had their first match at U.S. Grappling. Oh, my gosh. Do you have those? I remember, like, Christina Lilbit Lynn competed yes, today. Apparently, yes. she was doing U.S. Grappling Yeah, she's been well. competing at U.S. Grappling since she was, like, this big. DeAndre, DeAndre Corby has been competing at U.S. Grappling since he was a child. Like, literally in the juvenile division. And now he's a, now and he's now a, black, he's a belt. black belt. It's amazing. Like, I was competing, like, 20 pounds heavier. I looked like a stuffed sausage on mine and Amber's first match. I was oh, looking at you today. You look so tiny. I'm cutting weight right now. <laughs> Never this small. <laughs> so, what do you? How do you? Have you seen more women then? Have like community? Because like we all kind of met through this. Like today, there was. We all kind of met through U.S. Grappling, but today at Toro Cup, there were some women that were competing that I had never seen before, and they were blue belts. So I'm like, okay, so you've been competing for a while, or you've been training for a while. So, what's the landscape been looking like? And Caitlin, you've been training for. 18 years, I think yeah. we counted, we counted the other day. 18 years. So I know between you and Chrissy, you guys have had to have seen this landscape of women's jiu-jitsu kind of really change. 
It's amazing now. I mean, there are there are weight classes for women. There are women that have like age groups now. We, we, like that was never a thing. It was like before. It was like, oh, there are two people here that need a sports bra. That's a division. Like it didn't yeah. matter how long you've been training, uh, what your belt was, what your size was. Like, you, it, but that was it. Like my very first tournament in a uh, hundred years ago it was just yeah, like you, just you guys. Yeah, that, that was my last tournament. My very very first tournament was I'd been training like three or four months, just like you guys. There were three girls there, two two teenagers and me. Like I, I was old then, and this was a long time ago. Now this was 2006. So there were three girls there: 120 pounds, 150 pounds, 190 pounds. And they were like, "Y'all have fun." And that was it. We were a division. And wow. I'd been training three months, and both of those girls had been training since they were small children. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And it was it was super fun. And those girls, like, now they're adults and mm-hmm. are still involved in... One of them was, like, doing MMA. And it's crazy how it's all still around. Like, I mean, Caitlin's been here even longer than I have, so she probably has even more, like, back from... Wait, there's a girl that does, does this? To now you see all this growth. It's amazing. Lindsay is very right. It was like, because when I started competing, I was 15 in 2003. And I was lucky if one other woman, period, was there. Um, my first tournament as a white belt, I've been training uh, consistently for, I think, six months. But there were only two teenage boys there for me to go against and an adult woman. <laughs> I was 15. <laughs> And from then on, it was just kind of the same thing. Like, I was lucky to meet another woman. And if she was the same age or weight as me or the same skill level as me, that never happened, ever. I don't think that didn't happen again until I competed as a maybe brown or black belt. Like, it took that long for me to meet other women, like around the same, like I said, skill level, weight, age. And you just age. recently had, a, a, like, was that the first time you've had a, a grouping when you went to Worlds and yes. you had seven people in your yes. bracket? Yes. It was so nice to go against someone who's like, okay, we're the same division completely. Mm-hmm. No one can be like, well, you're bigger than her. You've been training more years or they're older. And right. that's been something I've experienced because when I started, there were no women. So right. it's been a struggle. And now I see, like, Sam and Amber, they're like... Yeah, and there was also Chelsea. Yeah. First tournament too. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea was there. Yeah, yesterday. It's really Maggie. Maggie. Yep. Yeah. You yeah, just Maggie. don't have to suffer that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have all these women that bring up the level of jujitsu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're just the more women that are in it, the more competition and the better the level of women's mm-hmm. jujitsu. So mm-hmm. and you guys are part of this. I agree. That's the other thing I see. Like, it used to be, you know, if you found a purple belt woman, you would travel to train with her. Yeah. I used to to drive from Richmond to Virginia Beach to train with um, Jenny Radovsky, who's a Gustavo black belt. She doesn't really compete anymore. She's more into powerlifting now. But I used to drive from Richmond to Virginia Beach at least one weekend a month so I could have a woman my size to train with because the other woman, the other one that trained at my gym was like 35 pounds lighter than me. Mm -hmm. So I I needed somebody to train with that was, yeah. Uh, and she was, she was much better than me. Marie was amazing. Um, but 
but she was so much different size. I needed somebody my size to compete with and to train with. You know, not not that I could compete against Jenny for sure. Um, and and it's I think now social media has really made it a lot easier. You know, you see all the people on Facebook and stuff. In the old days, we had the NHB Gear Forum where there was a separate secret forum for women. The Team Estrogen. I think you guys, some of you, probably seen Team Estrogen I, I see patches. The patches. Yeah, like yeah. I have old like we re, we made some old school Team Estrogen patches. But we used to get together there just like we do on Facebook now and say, who's going to be at this tournament? Amber added me on Facebook right after, right yeah. that day, and so did uh, Chelsea, and I'll always have, like, a super close bond with them, just because I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, here I am after doing jiu yeah. After my first tournament, I was hooked, and it was just because of the people I got to meet. It was, mm-hmm. That was what kept okay. me coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are right. Um, well, so what's it like um, getting a chance to compete against, you know, your, your friend? One of the things that, that Caitlin and I were talking about during your match, we were like, so getting a chance to compete against somebody else, you can go out there and there's just no, like, I don't care, I'm just going to go and play my game. But you guys have trained together before. We've You guys have competed against each other before. So you had to have an idea. Oh, I know that Sammy really likes to do this, or I know no, Amber really likes to do this, or her pressure is going to be insane. And What's it like knowing what you're getting yourself into, and how do you prepare for competing against a friend? I think the biggest thing about today is that this was for a charity event. And so it was for a great cause, and we just wanted to come together and put on a great show and uh, just have fun. And mm-hmm. today was was about having fun and doing it for a great cause. I agree. Um, you know, as far as me and Amber go, we're we're always like neck and neck. So I think as far as matchup goes, it was probably the best matchup that I could have had for a Toro Cup match. Um, and then normally, you know, when you're like, oh, it's you're like it's neck and neck. We're gonna go out there and kill each other. But Amber, I also couldn't have gone against anybody better because Amber knows I have a fight coming up as well and there were a lot of people like oh don't worry about getting hurt I'm like listen Amber is like one of my really good friends she's not going to crank anything and I know mm-hmm. if I tap she'll let go right away right. she's not going to hold on to it and I'm going to have to be like yo this girl didn't tap like what the heck Right. Uh, and I was like you know what it's for charity we're raising for a good cause and I told Amber we were hanging out in the bathroom just now sounds a little suspect <laughs> so, so her husband and my boyfriend who are going to be like excuse me um, so we were hanging out she was in the shower <laughs> we were just talking about how that was probably the most fun match that either of us have ever had definitely that was a great match that was a lot of fun yeah <laughs> it looked fun it was fun to watch it, it was really fun i will say like i was like man that was that was awesome and it just makes me like i'm like i can't wait to do this again and i said Absolutely. i can't believe there are some people who are like i hate competing like i'm like man win or lose i'd never have a better time than when i'm on the mats mm-hmm. i was like you know mma like, it's, it's different in <laughs> mma i'm like okay i'm gonna like actually try to punch you in the face but i'll hug it out with you after but jujitsu like we were laughing at one point like it's just fun. You guys put off really good energy when you're competing. Like it's just like there's no negativity or I want to hurt you. It's just good. Well, we're surrounded jiu-jitsu. by such good other female jujiteras. Like, and isn't it awesome? Yeah. How, one, how many women were competing in the Toro Cup matches? Yes. Which honestly, I think I really speaks to the spirit no of. Women. Well, but it speaks to the spirit of Jeff Shaw. Jeff Shaw, um, like, imagined the idea of Toro Cup and was like, and so I, I'm not surprised that we have women that are here because he's always been kind of a champion for for like Definitely. women's jujitsu. So um, I think he'd be really happy you know yeah that it, it makes me happy for you know because i have Aaliyah. it makes me happy for like the next generation Dude, I'm, like, I'm a little scared of the next generation amazing. right the 
the, the Dude, she's putting in work right now. Like, like before her last World Cup match, she was like, oh, I'm just going to, like, hang with friends and not train as much. And then, like, I think after that, she was, like, coming in every day and, like, freaking killing she's it. She's like, you I'm know like, what? Dang. Yeah. She's, like, tearing people up now. Well, so I, I interviewed Tara and... and best match um, of the day. Christina, I, I personally that think that was the best match of the day. But um, I interviewed them, and I was just <laughs> yeah, like, man, you guys are amazing. They and, are both. Well, and one well, of them's 12, and the other one's 13, and they both been compete. They both been training for seven years, and so Caitlin's I'm like, just like, I, I haven't training. Yikes. I know. And yeah. like, <laughs> like they're gonna get older and kill us all. Yes, yes. I was like, oh. Sh-. So, the, but that's the future, I think, of of not just jujitsu, Jimmy, but of women's jujitsu is that we have these women that are, that are coming up, these girls that are coming up. One, they have role models. They have women that are competing. You know, we have. We have like Mary Holmes and Kim Rice, and so we have these high-level women now. Like when when Mary first started, and when you first started, you like you just said, like you would travel for a purple belt. Like there's a mystical purple belt yes. somewhere, and so now they're seeing high-level women competing, and not just doing jiu-jitsu, but also fighting MMA and also doing these other sports. And then they're comp- so they're getting a chance to see them and also come in and compete as well. And I really do think that U.S. Grappling, and I'm really thankful for U.S. Grappling, Christy. Oh, thanks. I have some of my best friends. Because of it. Because I have of a, it. you know, John because of it, you know? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think U.S. Grappling has kind of so brought nice people together. <laughs> it, really, it really is. And I know, like, Caitlin and I were talking about just women in this area and on the East Coast. And I'm like, we may compete against each other at U.S. Grappling events or at some of these, you know, Tour Cup events. But it's always with love. And it's like, a, I've had this feeling or this energy is like, it's not about us trying to beat each other down. It's about us trying to all lift each other up. And then I, showing. I'm the biggest, like, you don't understand. I go, I, the reason I lost my voice was I was cheering for Schroeder yesterday like there's nothing I love more than watching my friends succeed like you should I was going nuts when Alex just won like this like best wrestler in the country award yeah like I'm like messaging her and you know like whenever I compete against you guys whether I win or lose if somebody says anything about you guys like you don't understand I get furious I'm like no they've beaten me before like yeah go screw yourself like you don't know what this person does yeah I feel like we've I feel like this has been a very nice family and this whole like the whole East Coast has been like from the women that we know, like even from New York all the way down into Florida and um, everywhere really that U.S. grappling goes because we go and we meet people and like the network just keeps growing. Yeah, friends all over the country just yep. from jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, U.S. grappling is always my favorite. <laughs> it is. It's just hands down my favorite. It's, I mean, that's really why we started U.S. grappling. Like we, we are part of this community and we wanted to make the community bigger and better and and that's really like hearing this stuff is like oh it really is worth it because let me. Sometimes <laughs> Saturday nights after a tournament. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's a, believe it, like it's a rough day, you guys. I fully volunteered for you guys a few times, and just to see the amount of work that goes into that to make that like you really got the little details down. And you it really is, try. It's it hard. Is amazing. It is amazing. Like I went home one night, like after the last time I volunteered for you guys at Raleigh, and just thought to myself because that was like the biggest turnout that you guys mm-hmm. have had, and I just and thought that to was myself, the night like, we left at like midnight. Holy yeah. cow! Almost like just everything that they have like organized and put into place and all the details that they have come up with and and everything it's, 
It's amazing. Oh, thanks. You guys, you guys are awesome. U.S. Grappling is the best. Like, <laughs> club was, like, it's run by such upstanding people. You know, you have, like, the Chrissy Lindsay's and the Jeff Shaw's and the Bagels and the Sean Zorio's and the yeah. Boomers. Like, we have a really, yeah, really good You can't community. ask for, like, a better community. Like, there are other We're people that fortunate. I know that say they, they can't even go to other gyms. And I'm like, I could call them anybody anytime. You I can't you imagine could come that. to Charlotte. Was, like, come stay with me anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you guys are staying with us when you do your seminar. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Will, will. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies, for sitting down and speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. And um, keep listening to Jordy White Boat, and we'll see everybody at U.S. Grappling um, July 14th in Charlotte. And there's one coming June, June 30th. June 30th in Columbia, South Carolina. First time in South Carolina, July 14th in Charlotte. July 28th in Richmond. Then we're headed up to right outside Philly in August, and then back to Raleigh in August as well. Oh, and yeah. then I get to take a little bit of a break. I have a couple of weeks of no tournaments until September. Uh-huh. Awesome. And if you're a lady listening to this and you're like, I really want to try to compete, you know, and you're interested in competing. Do it. Then <laughs> Message us. Or somebody, will come for you. Somebody, somebody was, is always willing to show up. So thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Cageside.com always has the best deals on fight gear, but let me throw out three sale items that you should be interested in. First, black no-logo fight shorts. These are high-quality wicking shorts that keep you dry while you train and last a long time, I can say from personal experience. They're only $15, so if you want high-quality fight shorts, get to Cageside.com right now. There's also a Cageside MMA logo beanie for only $20. Get you one for the coming winter before it starts to get cold. Finally, Cageside.com has a Cageside MMA large mesh gym bag. I had one of these for years. It was great for the beach it was great for training because if you have wet gear like a wet rash guard then it's going to dry out without getting all stinky and nasty in your in your gym bag so check it out it's only 27 dollars right now for a limited time only find all the best deals at cageside.com we've always been fans of deandre corby one of the best local competitors and a brand new black belt In his first ever black belt competition, just two weeks after getting promoted, DeAndre took on Josh Murdoch in a number one contender match for the Toro Cup Gi Championship belt. DeAndre won by armbar, setting up a match in September with Daniel Frank. He took a few minutes to talk to Lourdes about that match, about his experience competing at Worlds at Brown Belt, about his brother Gavin playing with Birds of Prey in Mongolia, that's not a joke by the way, and there's photographic and video evidence, and most importantly, about why his mom is the best. Without further ado, here's DeAndre Corby. And where's your brother at? You guys are usually like so uh, attached yeah, to the hip. Yeah, usually me and my brother are, are coming to every tournament. He's usually my drilling partner to help him warm up. But he's actually in Mongolia right now. He's wrestling. Yeah, he's wrestling. Shut up. Yeah, is yeah. there a certain like Mongolian wrestling? Is he or is it just like regular wrestling? No, he's actually with his uh, his club. So he's like doing a camp out there, and he's also I think he's competing right now. As we speak, he's probably competing right now. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, that's yeah. really awesome. So he he's in, involved in a wrestling club. Yeah, yeah, one of his, his school's wrestling club. Yeah. Why Mongolia? Uh, I don't know. I think they do some missionary work out there too. That, oh, so, that's awesome. So last year he actually got to go to Ukraine. So this and this year he gets to go to Mongolia. So it, it seems like a fun time. He, I saw some pictures. He's like holding vultures and visiting the Genghis Khan uh, uh, memorials. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets to travel everywhere. He's, he's having fun. So he's hanging out with vultures, yes. and you're here at Toro Cup. Yes, I am. So, but you look like you had a pretty good day today at Toro Cup. Tell me about your match. So, uh, I faced Josh Murdoch. is uh, our second match at Toro Cup. Uh, I was... I was just ready to. It's actually my first one at Black Belt too. So. Oh, 
Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. You've done no tournaments, no, no. competitions. I just got promoted two weeks ago. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, so I was I was ready to hit the ground running. Uh, I knew Josh was gonna uh, was a, has well, he's, he's threatening everywhere. So I I had to be careful with my feet, with my arms, and just stay ahead of the match. Uh, he he got a good calf slicer in the beginning. Stayed patient and got to my positions and ended up finishing with a with an armbar with one minute to go. So. Yeah, it was, was, a, it was a very nice armbar. Yeah, thank you, thank so, you. So, um, how did you, because you've gone against Josh before yes. at Brown Belt, yes, correct? Yes, Now, was it just a Toro Cup, or have you guys competed against each other at US Grapplings or, or IBJJF? No, we have not. I, we have not uh, competed against each other in the US Grappling or any other uh, uh, tournament or form, only the Toro Cup. And uh, last time, he got a pretty nasty toe hold on me. And it hurt my foot really bad, so I was kind of trying to be aware of that this time around. So try to keep my feet to myself and uh, start going to my offensive positions. So tell me about your new black belt. How how do you feel? What's your plans for the future? Uh, it actually I don't I don't feel any different. Uh, it's, it's funny because uh, a couple weeks ago we went to the worlds and I was talking to my uh, my instructor on the plane ride back. He was talking about we were just talking about rank and belts. I said, yeah, I don't. I, we were talking like. The belt doesn't matter. Whether I'm a brown belt or a black belt, I'm going to come to training the next day anyway. Yeah. And I'm going to drill with my brother. Just... How'd you do at Worlds? Uh, I ended up losing first round. So it was, it was a tough match. And it, it, I'm not. Too... You, how'd you feel about the, the competition at Worlds? Felt, felt good. Uh, I knew that, that Light Feather brown belt division was a really stacked division. Had yeah. some uh, hammers in there, hammers, hammers in that division. And now uh, I was looking forward to compete against some of the best guys. But uh didn't go my way first match. Uh, got caught in an E bar. So. Living learning, you know. Yeah. Well, you came back pretty strong, and yes. um, you had a really good showing today at Toro Cup. Thank and you. I'm really glad you were here. I saw your mom. I did. I just kind of gave her a quick wave. Right, right. Um, but uh, she's the best, by the way. She she she's is the best, the best man. The best. Like I've I've seen you. I've seen your mom at uh, like I've seen her in New York. I've seen her all over the place. So this is like our 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 mo for tournaments is we pack up the Prius, me and my brother and my mom, and we just go to tournaments. Whether 14 hour drive to Chicago or New York, like you said, Boston. We she, she's the best. She takes us everywhere. She supports our jiu-jitsu, and I, I can't love her enough. Well, um, I think that that's awesome because uh, it's it's definitely, I, like, when you're competing a lot, you, it's good to have a strong support, and I feel like you and your brother have been an awesome support system for each other, oh, yeah, and your oh, mom's yeah. always there, so um, I, I see nothing but success for you yeah. guys. I, I just want to say thank you to, like, my team at Coastal BJJ, my uh, my sponsor, uh, Yotan, ever since I was a purple belt, provided me with the best geese. Uh, also, Cam Photos, awesome. I, I love I love Cam Photos, man. Taking awesome pictures and uh, helping me uh, compete, too. So. so what's next? Now you have to, now if you want to do Worlds next year, you have to qualify. I think you need 50 points. So what's next? Are you going to be doing more IBJJFs, or what's the plan? Yes, I'm, I'm planning to compete as much as I can in IBJJF uh, until at least the end of this year and then start back early next year. So this summer I, I plan on doing Nashville, Orlando, and uh, Chicago. Try to get some, uh, some big points there so I can get transferred the next year. But that's the plan. I think uh, uh, by uh, Nogi Pans might be my last tournament for the year. But who knows? If a tournament comes up, like Charlotte or other tournaments, I'm going to try to get there, get as much points as I can. I want to compete at that highest level. I, I know I've been looking... I've been watching the guys at the black belt level ever since I started jiu-jitsu, and I was trying to emulate them, but uh, this time I'm trying to check them out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for sitting and talking with me today, and congratulations on your win, and um, we look forward to seeing more of you. Thank you, thank you. Thanks, Terry Whitebell. All you folks out of North Carolina, I want to invite you to join the great folks at Team Hoist Gracie Southern Pines for the Ian Matuzak Memorial Foundation Rollathon on July 15th. This event raises funds for a wonderful charity that supports and enables adaptive jiu-jitsu athletes all over the world. The facility has a huge mat space across three rooms. I've trained at Team Hoist Gracie Southern Pines a lot, and it's just a great space to train. On July 15th, they'll also have an extremely cool raffle, and you can purchase items from Hickson Gracie, Henzo Gracie, Shanji Hibero, and other stars of jiu-jitsu. There's just the suggested $15 donation at the door. You can head out, support a great charity that enables a lot of really outstanding athletes to have a good time, and you can have a great day of rolling. That's July 15th at Team Hoist Gracie Southern Pines. That's our show for the week. Next week, we'll have an interview with Gustavo Dantas, the BJJ mental coach, about how to improve your mental game. We'll also have two bonus interviews from the World Championships. We'll talk to some mainstays of jiu-jitsu in the Southeast, including Ryan Homer of Diego Bispo Academy, about winning his first match at Purple Belt during IBJJF Worlds. We'll also talk to one of my favorite people generally, as well as one of my favorite people in jiu-jitsu, Bryce Lighthall. Bryce and I trained together for years in North Carolina, and he moved to Florida to train with the great Bruno Malfasini. We spoke with Bryce at the Worlds about watching his coach win his 10th Black Belt World Championship, among other matters, including jiu-jitsu, craft beer, and other fun stuff. You can get the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play, and please subscribe so you don't miss anything. If you want to get a hold of us to suggest future show topics, you can email me, jeff, at dirtywhitebelt.com, or get at us on Instagram at dirtywhitebelt, or on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash cagesideradio. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next Sunday.